in my sheets. Bitch, my swag is so complete. Get a yellow bone, nigga. Ugly guy gon' be her feet. And I'm always getting pussy, but I'm still gon' be my meat. I beat 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 my Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. This is Ja. Hey, it's Jigo over here. Welcome back to another week. I want to go ahead and I want to get right into it. Uh, so we got four teams that we're going to do today, which is Pack not normal. Day. Which is not normal. We typically hit you, you know, hit you with three. Uh, but this week we're going to go ahead and talk about the Packers. We're going to get into the Detroit Lions. We're going to go ahead and discuss the Washington Commanders. And uh, we'll also talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Mr. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, I think, was that you who was hyping him up in the offseason? Well, not, yeah, a little bit. I mean, like, the size definitely was one of those things I was concerned about. I mean, but at the end of the day, like, when you look at his skills and stuff like that, like, there's just some stuff that he does that you can't necessarily teach. Like, I mean, I just, I look back to the bowl game that they had against Alabama where he ran it back, like, uh, like 80 yards and I mean, like, it's just one of those things that always sticks in my head. And I just think that's one of those things that can translate to the NFL. Uh, do you think he takes over the RB2 role and uh, is the backup to Tony Pollard this year? I mean, I definitely could see that happen, especially, I mean, when you look at those other guys back there, like Ronald Jones and I Malik Davis. I mean, Malik Davis seemed to have a little bit of hype last year. So don't get me wrong. Maybe he could slide in there. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I just feel like I feel like I've seen so many videos of Deuce Vaughn already re- working with the ones. Can't really say I've seen much with Malik Davis. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, right now, I guess like just, you know, off of the things that I've been seeing through the Twitter sphere, I feel like Deuce Vaughn could probably be that too. And so, like, if you're looking for a handcuff to a Tony Pollard who had a pretty significant ankle injury this past year. I feel like this guy definitely could be one of those guys that you look for in like the last picks of the round or last picks of the draft. Yeah, he has explosiveness to him. He's a small, fast, kind of squirmy back. And he's somebody who, you know what I'm saying? If he gets into an open field, I mean, not only because of his agility, but because of his size, it's going to be hard to tackle him because you have to get down so low. Yeah, and I mean, like if you're talking about like PPR, have PPR leagues. I mean, this guy definitely, if he gets an opportunity to play, yeah. I mean, I feel like he's going to be that guy who's, you know, I feel like he might be catching a decent amount of the balls out of the backfield. I don't know, man. Like, I just, it depends on what they're going to do with Pollard just because I feel like they're going to be a little bit hesitant just with that ankle last year. I don't know if he's just going to be more of a downhill runner, maybe, you know, trying to stay away from all that agile stuff. We'll see what happens, though. But, I mean, I feel like Tony Pollard's still going to be a beast this year. Yep. I think his primary role is going to have to be that of like a pass catching kind of option out of the backfield. Right. Um, I think he's just a little small for special team work. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, like I, I agree with that. Car collisions. So I think his, he's going to have to define a role and I can see him spelling Tony Pollard. So he's somebody to look out for. Uh, but going into the receiver room, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Dallas more. So we know that Dak Prescott's going to be the quarterback. He's been having hella tape out there of him throwing picks and training camp getting cussed out by uh trevon diggs and you know he's having kind of a rough last couple weeks of camp you could even say mike mccarthy's going into a year in which there's a lot of pressure on him so this offense will look a lot different with kellen moore now out there in uh, los angeles uh but duke i want to ask you last year cd lamb finished as a top 10 wide receiver yeah this year they added brandon cooks to the receiver room 
They're obviously going to be playing Pollard out there full time, so he'll probably catch some passes. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's likely he finishes a as a top ten receiver next year? So like I don't know if it's going to be a true top ten. I definitely could see him in like the top like twelve, thirteen. Um, but yeah, especially with the addition of Brandon Cooks, I feel like it's probably going to drop a little bit. Not to say I, I feel like he's probably going to see about the same amount of volume and everything, especially with Mike McCarthy actually running the plays, calling the plays now. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where he's probably going to want to key on to his guy. I mean, that's typically what they did in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I feel like it's going to be one of those things where I could definitely see CeeDee Lamb getting up there again. I just don't know if it's going to be a true top 10. Yeah. What about you? What do you think about that? Woo! I like CeeDee Lamb a lot this year. He's actually one of those guys that I'm honestly going to go out there on a limb and say has the ability to finish as the wide receiver one in fantasy. Wow, okay. He has that ability, especially if uh, Justin Jefferson were to, you know, like take a back seat to more TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. I doubt that happens. Who never know. You never know. But CeeDee Lamb is one of those dudes to where he finishes the wide receiver five last year. He has that prototypical X, you know, size as a receiver. He can handle a large target volume. He saw 156 targets last year and he caught 107 of them. Had damn near 1,400 yards. Uh, nine touchdowns and the biggest thing that i like to see is every year he's been in the nfl he has gotten better yeah well i mean i remember drafting this guy as a rookie and he kind of popped off for me a couple games and i really appreciate that yep he's gotten better every year dugo he started rookie year wide receiver 22 next year sophomore year wide receiver 19 junior year in the nfl third year in the nfl about to go get a big money contract wide receiver five Yep. And now he's the certified X. He has a little bit of help on the opposite side. Last year, as you know, they had a whole bunch of injuries to their receivers. Mm-hmm. So you could say that obviously, you know, he got a ton of targets. But I also think with Brandon Cook taking away coverage, um, obviously Tony Pollard's a threat out of the backfield. And you got to think Michael Gallup coming back fully healthy. I mean, that year before, obviously, he had an ACL. So, I mean, sometimes, you know, you got to have that warm-up year to get back into it. So maybe Michael Gallup gets back in, draws a little bit of coverage away as well. Yep. You got Jalen Tolbert maybe trying to have a bounce back year too. He needs that too. You need – I think this is one of those rare cases in which if uh, C.D. Lamb kind of got some attention taken away from him, he would be able to go ahead and maybe score double-digit touchdowns. Uh, I think that's the one thing holding him back. I think he needs maybe 12 to 13 touchdowns to really compete for that wide receiver one title. Definitely. But if he can go out there next year and get 13 touchdowns, be as, you know, borderline, you know. 120 catches. Just be something special. Be like that special X receiver Dallas has always kind of had when you talk about all the receivers they've had in their history. But I think if CeeDee Lamb can go ahead and get those targets, get that attention, get in the red zone. Where is he typically getting drafted right now? Where is CeeDee getting drafted right now? Do you remember? Is Is he first round? No, I want to say he's second. Yeah, he's second. So in a 14-team league, he's typically going around like that 2-3. Yeah. So he's going around like the 20th pick. So, I mean, that is pretty good value if you're trying to get. I mean, if you could get somewhere around like that, uh, you know, wide receiver five again. Like I said, I think it's going to drop a little bit. So, you know, maybe that might be a little sweet if you're trying to, you know, get a little bit more value. Uh, but under the day, dude, I mean, taking him in the second round, I don't think that's too terrible. Hey, side note, uh, I love y'all's, you know, as sleeper, but this new app, I'm having, I'm having some trouble, man. I'm having some trouble. I, I feel like that might just be you, bro. Maybe. But looking at the app, yeah, you're right. CD Lamb is obviously going in the second round. He's somebody I think has a lot of value. 
Dak Prescott, do you have him as a top 10 quarterback next year? Yeah, dude, that's a little tough. I mean, I would want to think so, but at the end of the day, what did he finish last year? 18? Played 12 games. He played 12 games. The year before, he played 16 and finished 8. If he plays if he plays 17 games, yeah, I'll give him top 10. I mean, I just feel like with McCarthy's offense, they're just going to be slinging the ball shit ton. So I just feel like at the end of the day, it's probably going to end up being that. Yeah, I mean... So, I guess drafting him in, like, the seventh round, I mean, maybe even a little bit later in some of these other, like, shorter, like, 10-team drafts, everything. Uh, Would you be comfortable taking him in, like, the seventh, eighth, ninth? I I like him in the eighth round. Okay. Seventh round, like, end of the seventh round is probably where he's going to start kind of getting more heat, especially if you're playing, like, a 12- or 14-team league. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I was talking, like, some of, like, the shorter ones, like the 10s and stuff. Yeah. I think this offense is going to be a lot of short, quick passes. I think McCarthy runs that. Well, I know McCarthy runs that West Coast style of offense. So as we've always talked about on the show, that's an offense that's based on short, quick passes. You know, you want to stretch the opponent's defense horizontally, uh, which opens up big plays down the field. So I think that's where Tony Pollard could shine. CeeDee Lamb is going to get his opportunities. He might run a lot more slants next year. And Brandon Cooks can obviously be that guy who can take off the top next year. Well, I don't really think the offense is going to change all that much. I just feel like some of like the play designs are going to be more designed for like deeper balls. Well, Mike McCarthy's a new play caller, so I would assume it's going to be a slightly different. Yeah, it was offense. still his offense, though. I mean, just because Kellen Moore was calling the plays doesn't mean it wasn't Mike McCarthy's offense. I think it was more Kellen Moore's offense last year. I'm pretty sure. I do not believe so. Usually when you're the head coach, it's your offense, especially when you were an offensive guy throughout the rest of your life. I don't think it wasn't Mike McCarthy's offense, bro. Like, I think Kellen Moore might have had a little say in it because obviously an offense coordinator, if you're going to be drawing up some stuff, you got to have some say. But at the end of the day, dog, like he was top dog around there and it's his offense. I don't know. I think that's like a question that's harder to answer because yeah. you can look at di- things that will change and you could even look at the fact that Mike McCarthy likes to run the ball a lot more, but that's something they didn't really do as much under Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore was kind of functioning and calling plays for that offense. So, I mean, I don't think it's a complete game changer, but I think a few more sets might be called a little bit more often. But that's one of those things to where, I don't know. I mean, regardless, I know that's kind of what he ran in Green Bay. Was that West Coast shit? And... Yeah, but I mean, if you look at it, I mean, all the plays that Aaron Rodgers had that were extremely deep balls thrown down the field, I mean, like, it seems like it was every other play. So, I mean, yeah, you have to run that offense so you can try to suck the defense into, you know, like, getting, like, eight, nine-man boxes. Oh, yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, like, the the offense is designed to throw the football down the field once you have that. Like, you're looking for certain looks. That's the purpose of the West Coast, yeah. Because it's like, hey, I'm going to hit you with these 10, 15-yard slants and out routes and shit like that. And I'm going to hit you, like, in the middle of the field. And when you give me that open shot, I'm going to chuck it downfield to Brandon Cooks when you guys pull in too much. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird. We're both saying the same thing in different different ways. Well, I just feel like it's going to be Mike McCarthy's offense. And if you look at, you know, his... The stuff that we saw as Packer fans throughout all the years of him being in Green Bay, I just feel like I remember a lot more D shots. Obviously, I mean, they ran slants and outs, stuff like that. But, I mean, they also threw a lot of flies and a lot of, you know, like double moves and stuff like that. That's all I'm saying. So you have Prescott as a top 10 quarterback, though? With- yeah, I mean, if he's playing all 17, that's that's my kicker, though. If, if he's not going to play all 17, then I feel like he probably drops. 
But I mean, like I said, with the amount of volume and, you know, everything like that, that I feel like Mike McCarthy's going to throw into his hands, I think it's going to, yeah, definitely going to lead to that. And you got to also think that they're Mike McCarthy and Dak are almost relying on each other this year because, I mean, Dak got a contract and everything, but, yo, like, Jerry Jones doesn't fuck around. And McCarthy's on the hot seat, and if they finish low enough and they're able to try to get someone like a Drake May or someone, you know, the next year after, who knows, man. So I don't know. I just feel like it's going to lead to these guys both just putting up monster numbers. Yeah. Whether it leads them to, you know, like the playoffs or not. I like Dak a lot. This is the last thing I'm going to say about him. I think last year when he was healthy, he averaged around 17 fantasy points a game. Uh, so for reference, that puts him on par with guys like Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence last year, mm-hmm. uh, who both also finished with, you know, 17 points per game. And I think Justin Herbert finished as QB 11 and Trevor Lawrence was QB 8. So kind of like Dugo said, that's kind of would put Dak Prescott somewhere towards maybe the back end of that top 10. Right. But still borderline, you know, top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so for where you're getting them, 7th, 8th, 9th round, not terrible value. Keep keep on doing it. Keep taking them. Don't think it's a bad shot. Yep. If you could stack them with Brandon Cooks, because I think you can get Brandon Cooks the round before Dak. I like that stack. Yeah, it's a pretty nice one. Yep. Uh, next team, Commanders, Washington. Keeping it in the NFC East. Uh, Dugo, I don't think I ever really heard you talk about him, but what are your like official thoughts for somebody like a Sam Howell? So like with Sam Howell, I mean, I don't love the dog. I mean, it's one of those things to where call a spade a spade he's one of those shorter quarterbacks and it only happens so often to where they actually do pan out and actually pop off i mean we'll see what happens when he was at unc he was obviously athletic enough to you know have some pretty dank stats i think there was one year where he was the only quarterback to throw for like three thousand plus and also run for like 800 yeah so i mean like, that's a pretty good year you know but it's also the acc it's also not amazing defenses uh etc etc so we'll see what happens i mean i'm excited to see what he does with these weapons because i think that the commanders are pretty stacked when you look at those top three wide receivers i'm i mean i like all of them you have terry mclaurin curtis samuel and you also have Jahan dotson and mm-hmm. just for you guys listening out there if you're thinking about some sleepers i definitely think that you guys should be looking at curtis samuel in those later rounds me and ja just had a mock draft earlier today and i was able to get curtis samuel i believe in the 14th round and when you look at what he was able to do last year i believe he finished as a top 20 wide receiver or something close to that like top okay so he was 34 and that's in standard and ppr so i mean i'm just saying if you want to look at some value picks later in the round i mean I feel like he's probably going to be at least a wide receiver three on that team. And with a young quarterback, you know, just looking for his uh, getaways, I feel like Curtis Samuel might be one of those guys. Oh, yeah. This team is going to have a lot of sleepers on them. I guess, like, what? who would you feel more comfortable drafting, though? Like, between, like, let's say, like, their wide receiver two, who, who do you think that's going to be? Do you think it's going to be Jahan, or do you think it's going to be... It's- it's going to be a Jahan. He was a first okay. round pick. So would you rather have Jahan Dotson on your team or would you rather have like someone like Brian Robinson? Jahan Dotson all the way. You think so? Okay. Yeah, Tell me why. Well, I mean, receivers are just more important in today's game. Uh, but even beyond that, I think Jahan Dotson is just like a big play waiting to happen. Even if you look at what he did last year, 
I mean, he was just a big play, a big touchdown, just waiting to happen every week. Yeah, one of the things that I saw was a lot of people have been obviously fading Jahan Dotson for some reason. Mm -hmm. But when you looked at his stats, I guess they're pretty similar to what Christian Watson put up last year. And everyone's talking about how Christian Watson's going to be breaking out, which, I mean, as a Packer fan, I absolutely hope so. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, when you look at the numbers, they are pretty similar. So, I just don't understand why people are fading them so much, obviously, other than the quarterback situation. I think the thing that scares people is they don't know what to expect out of a Sam Howell. Right. Who, I guess, you know, we started off the conversation talking about uh, Sam. And the way I kind of see him on, like, in my eyes, at least, is he's what Baker Mayfield should have been if he didn't have uh, maybe as much, like, off-the-field stuff. He kind of reminds me of Baker more so because of his size. What do you mean off the field stuff with Baker? I feel like that's a stray. I mean, Baker didn't do anything off Bro, the field. Bro, I liked Baker, and I thought he was going to be a cool quarterback, but he was in the media every week for, like, something stupid. Like what? Just, like, like shit he would say at press conferences. Uh, yeah, like, but Buddy was also, like, on progressive commercials and all this other stuff. Like, Buddy was making a bag. Outside of that, like, I feel like Baker should be a starting quarterback somewhere, but for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. That's fair. And like he has a cool arm. He's he was super accurate. That was his claim to fame. But for one reason or another, like motherfuckers just don't fuck with him right now. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, pushing forward, like I think Sam Howell could be similar to a Baker Mayfield and not only size, but Sam has a pretty good arm and he's uh like fairly accurate from a lot of the shit that I watch from him. OK. And so he's somebody that I think could step into Eric Bieniemy's offense, which is actually surprisingly going to be centered more around the run game than I think we give credit for. Uh, I, I definitely think so, especially with a younger quarterback like this. I think it's not oh, going to yeah. be necessarily the same thing that we saw in Kansas City. Like, I definitely think it's going to be a lot of Brian Robinson and a lot of Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson's another guy we got to have a conversation about, Dugo. I have Brian Robinson on top of him. If I want to keep it a buck, I think Brian Robinson's the one going to this year. I got Antonio Gibson as the guy to take in fantasy. Uh, I think the reason I like Antonio is because I know looking at Eric Bieniemy, he runs a lot of like misdirections. He runs a lot of just obscure ass running plays. And while I like Brian Robinson as somebody who can go north and south and, you know, just hit the hole and, you know, gain three yards in a cloud of dust, man, I think Antonio Gibson's agility is underrated. And I think that he's going to be able to go out there and be utilized in a versatile way, um, a way similar to a Jarek McKinnon, similar to an Isaiah Pacheco. Maybe Brian Robinson's more like Pacheco. But Gibson can catch. Obviously, he has some receiver history. He's a, you know, good-sized back. He has some speed to him. And I think that he could go out there and he could work within Eric Bieniemy's, you know, uh, Russian attack pretty well. Um, I guess, I don't know. Like, when you're looking at Valley, though, I just feel like when you look at what Brian Robinson was able to do last year with less reps, I mean, at least... You know, he had to sit out, what, like the first four weeks because he got shot or whatever. So just right there, he missed four weeks compared to Antonio Gibson, who I believe played the whole year. And, you know, he was pretty successful. He was wide or running back like 35 compared to Brian Robinson's 39 or something like that. Both are still being drafted pretty much neck and neck around that seventh, eighth round, depending on, you know, how many teams you have in your draft. I just feel like at the end of the day, I would rather have Brian Robinson just because I truly do believe he's going to be called the one just because he's more of that downhill back. I think he has some usage. I could see him being a goal line guy who like is a vulture. I think he's like that pain in Antonio Gibson's ass that he seems to have every year. 
in which he's going to come in there. He's going to take those goal line touches, the red zone touches. But, bro, like when like when we talk about his vulture, it was Jarek McKinnon before. Or not Jarek McKinnon. It was uh, uh, why? Oh, J.D. McKissick. Yeah, J.D. McKissick. Thank you. And he was more of like the receiving back. So I just don't mm-hmm. know if he's necessarily going to be like that vulture that you're thinking about. I, I don't know, bro. I think they use Antonio Gibson as the way the Packers use Aaron Jones. And I see no Brian way. Robinson being used more like the Packers use A.J. Dillon. That's what I see. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll have but to see. I think that might be a little bit of a force, though. I like Antonio Gibson a lot this year, man. He's in my top 20 backs. Are you pissed that you, dra- or that you traded him away? No, because I got Garrett Wilson out of it. Oh, you yep, got Garrett Wilson flex. out of it. No vibes. Uh, but, yeah, he's Gibby's one of those dudes that I'm keeping an eye out on, and I think y'all should too. But I guess outside of that, Terry McLaurin is another guy, perennial wide receiver too. Uh, if you have a top – if you have a pick in the first four rounds, would you spend any of them on Terry McLaurin next year? Probably not top four rounds. I mean, I think he's obviously going to be doing work regardless. I mean, he's pretty much quarterback proof at this point, I feel like. But at the end of the day, dude, I just feel like, I don't know, it might be a little too much for me to take him in the top four. Like, it's definitely, like, fifth round, sure. Even, like, on the, like, turnaround, like, if I'm, like, the last pick of the fourth, like, if I could take him in the fifth, like, that would make me feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I mean, Terry McLaurin is one of those dudes to where he's going to always go out there and he's going to like get you maybe, I don't know, like 75 yards and he'll get you a touchdown every other game and he'll get you around five catches. He's pretty consistent. Yeah. I mean, right now he's typically going around, you know, the start of the fourth. If you're in a 14 team league um, mm-hmm. in our fan, in our mock draft, he went uh, four three. So, I mean, maybe, we'll, but I just feel like. I could probably get someone who's going to get me about the same a little bit later. I mean, Amari Cooper went right after him. You could also get someone like Jerry Judy, DJ Moore, even Christian Watson in the fifth. I mean, I don't know. I like DJ Moore a lot this year. I don't Um, know if I like DJ Moore, but I just feel like value-wise, I'd rather have him over Terry McLaurin. I feel like I just would trust Justin Fields, unfortunately, more as a quarterback. Let me ask you the question then. Uh, would you rather have Terry McLaurin or Jerry Judy? Jerry Judy. Okay. Would you rather have Terry McLaurin or DeAndre Hopkins? I that's a that's the reason why I skipped over him when I was naming those <laughs> names. I know. Uh, but probably Terry McLaurin at that point. Oh, put it on the board. Probably Terry, bro. I mean, I I appreciate D Hop a lot. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't know if I can trust Ryan Tannehill to get me a top 15 wide receiver, bro. Has it happened yeah. before? I don't think so. A.J. Brown, I think. Oh, maybe once, yeah. A.J. Brown, uh, during his time with Tennessee, peaked at wide receiver 12 in 2020. Uh, so, that's, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'd probably take Scary Terry over D, uh, D-Hop this year if I'm going to keep it a buck. Yeah. So, that's an interesting team to keep an eye out on. I think all those guys right now are going for value. Uh, but the next team I want to go ahead and get into, uh, we're going to bring it back to the NFC North. NFC North. And this is a team that's near and dear to our hearts. We're going to go ahead and talk about that team in small town, Wisconsin, the Green Bay Packers. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, as two Wisconsin natives, uh, we're going to go ahead and give you our deep dive into our favorite football team. And that starts with a new quarterback, 
something that we haven't had in damn near 15, 15 years. 15 years. 15 years, man. We're talking about Jordan Love. <sighs> Jordan Love. I don't think he leads us to the playoffs this year. I got Jordan Love as a top 20 quarterback next year. All right, so not a lot of fancy implications. No, that was personal. All right, well, appreciate you appreciate you getting that off your chest. My boy, Jordan Love. Uh, but honestly, yeah, I mean, fancy implications. I don't think uh, Jordan Love's necessarily going to be in a lot of conversations for that. Um, you know, hopefully he, you know, if he can finish as a uh, top 20, top 15 quarterback, that'd be sick. It'd definitely break my expectations for him. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to talk about the person that I think I'm most excited about this year for the Packers, it has to be Aaron Jones. Yeah, he's going to be a dog. Dog, I I I feel like we were talking about this beforehand, but I feel like this guy has all the possibility to be a top 10 running back this year. All yeah. the possibility. He should touch the ball more than 18 to 20 times a game. Well, dude, like last year he had games where he touched the ball like five times, and it was just ridiculous. Like somehow his own team forgot about him. I don't get that. They can't do that. And he's also getting like to that age to where, I mean, I know they're trying to preserve him in his body and stuff like that, but this is a year where we need him to touch the ball more than anybody else on offense. He's our best offensive player right now. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong with that. I mean, obviously you look at Christian Watson and stuff, and he has all the possibility to be a superstar as well. But if you're talking about just people who need to lead our team right now, yeah, definitely Aaron Jones needs to be carrying the ball. He needs to be out of the backfield catching the ball. It's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, I think. So I think if you guys are listening out there, you know, and you're thinking, oh, like, should I draft this guy? Uh, Yeah, draft this guy. This dude's bulletproof. In the last four years of fantasy football, Aaron Jones has not finished as less than RB10. Yeah, so right now he's going at, like, the tail end of, like, the third round, start of the fourth round. I just feel like that's kind of ridiculous. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know, guys. Go out there and draft this guy. Even take him a little earlier if you want. Like you said, like you just heard Josh say, this guy's pretty much bulletproof. Yeah, he's one of those rare uh, running backs that gets receiving work as well. Now things might change with uh, Love in there instead of Rodgers, but the last four years he averages somewhere around sixty-five targets per year. He catches a good amount of them. He averages somewhere around fifty-ish catches per year. And he gets into the end zone with some of those catches, you know, once again, averaging maybe around four touchdowns a year, four to five touchdowns a year through the air. He's a do it all guy. And this year, I think he's going to see a lot of volume do go. You think uh, you taking A.J. Dillon in the seventh round or are you going to let him slide? Slide. I kind of agree with that, bro. I mean, it's cool. Like at the end of the day, like he's gotten a top 21 and a top 26 RB finish the last two years. I just, bro, he just underperforms it seems like though like i don't understand how he gets that many points to get up there like i feel like if you are starting this guy he's getting you like five points a game i just he's so inconsistent for me he's extremely inconsistent bro he's also like kind of underwhelming i don't know man he had such a bad year last year to where i think it was 35th in uh, breakaway runs amongst running backs he was that's a pretty specific number where are you getting that from? Uh, player profiler. Okay. So breakaway runs are obviously, you know, runs that go for. But, like, he's not necessarily a breakaway guy. He's more of the workhorse, like, you know, a goal line guy. So I I wouldn't expect him to have that money. Yeah. But another thing that scared me, too, was for fantasy uh, points per game. He was 33rd in the NFL. So he basically was barely a RB4 for you if you play in a 10-team league. 
Yikes. And for someone at that size, he only had 28 red zone touches, which was 33rd in the NFL. Yikes. And his whole game is supposed to be based around Wisconsin, snow, downhill running, goal line touches. Bingo. That's supposed to be his highlight reel. And he's 33rd in the NFL in terms of red zone touches. Like, that's my thing about him, man. He doesn't get the right opportunity. And he doesn't have that explosiveness to go turn, like, a play into, like, this 30, 40, 50 yard, like, touchdown that often. Like, it's kind of crazy. It's cool. Like, I like him as a person, but it's just, like, as a football player, bro. Like, what, like, what, like, what do you do that's, like, you're big? And I get that part, but I don't know, dog. Like, I just need to see more production out of it. Um, looking at AJ Dillon, I mean, last year he had seven touchdowns, which is still great for somebody who finished as RB 33. I want to say it was, or RB 26, maybe in PPR, but regardless, I mean, he's one of those guys that has the physical profile to be a top RB two type of guy, but he just doesn't convert enough of his opportunities into, explosive runs and the touchdowns and the points and it's just underwhelming and it's really frustrating it's really fucking frustrating because the guy ahead of him is maybe the best running back in packer history in terms of aaron jones so i don't know dugo where are you taking aj Dillon? i mean if i could get him in like the eighth i think that's gonna be cool i don't know like the seventh might be all right as well depending on how my team's looking and it's gonna depend on how many drinks i had and how confident i am in aj Dillon. oh shit but yeah, I don't know, bro. Like, unless, like, I get, like, some sort of spark of confidence in this guy where I think that he's able to, you know, actually be, like, the second head of that two-headed monster backfield, uh, I'm I'm almost sliding this guy to, like, the eighth or ninth, like I said. I don't know, man. Like, I want to have hope in him. You know, I drafted him early before, but, I gotta, you know, like, people get shot in the foot doing that. So, I'm trying to stay away from that again this year. I like him as a backup. I like him as a handcuff. Okay. Okay. If he's a handcuff, he has RB1 potential if Aaron Jones gets hurt and he gets a full game of touches. Not wrong. One guy I'm a little honestly surprised that he's getting this much hype, though. I mean, we talked about him a little bit, but Christian Watson going the fifth round in a 14-team league. He should go earlier. You think so? You think he should go earlier than the fifth round? Yes. Where should he be drafted? I wouldn't mind taking Christian Watson in the fourth round. That's kind of crazy. I love I don't Christian know. Watson. I was looking through this mock draft, looking for him for a little bit. I was like, he has to be like towards like the bottom. Like, I feel like there's not going to be a shit ton of passing offense in the Packers, but I'm just, I don't know, bro. Like him in the fifth, I feel like is a little too sweet for me. He was fourth amongst NFL wide receivers in total touchdowns last year with nine rookie year. He was 12th in terms of target death. Jordan Love's going to be a guy who has a rocket to toss the ball downfield. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I had him last year towards the end of the year, and he really balled out for me. I really appreciate that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I just feel like that fifth round's a little too much. I don't know. I like him there because he's explosive, and he has the potential to get you 60-yard touchdowns, which is going to make or break your week, right? Like, he's always going to get you maybe three to four catches as a floor. His floor might be a little bit more volatile than someone else. Uh, but when it comes to Christian Watson, the fact that he's just so explosive – I think he was like 12th in the NFL on target death last year, meaning that they don't mind targeting this guy down the field. Well, that was Rodgers. True. Rodgers. If Love if Love has the potential to do one thing like at a somewhat elite level, I think it's going to be that deep ball at some point. And with Christian Watson, man, 
I think sky is the limit for this guy. I truly believe that he's going to be a great receiver one day. And uh, I don't mind taking him in a position that makes him a top 20, you know, receiver off the board. Uh, I'm comfortable with that. Once you start to get Ooh. past guys, like, I don't know, um, some of those like top 15 guys, I guess, dude, I just feel like if we're talking Valley at the end of the day, like, I feel like I might rather have George Pickens in the sixth than Christian Watson in the fifth. I mean, I could be eating that. And as a Packers fan, I hate saying that, but I don't know, dude. Like I just, I feel like this offense might sputter a little bit and I'm just trying to stay ahead of the curve. I feel like I'll give you a list of guys. I like Christian Watson more than, and these are all guys going ahead of Christian Watson. I like Christian Watson more than Drake London. I like Christian Watson more than Jerry Judy. I like him more than Terry McLaurin. I like him more than Keenan Allen. I like him more than Debo. I like him more than Devontae Smith. I like I like Christian Watson next year. Wait, 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 wait. Walk that last one back. Devontae Smith. I like Christian Watson more than Devontae Smith. What? Dog, that's crazy. I like him more because I know Devontae Smith ended the year as wide receiver nine. I honestly believe that's probably going to be one of the best seasons of his career. But I like Christian Watson because he's a better deep threat. He's a bigger body. He's going to be the primary receiver on this offense, at least for the next year. So he's going to get a target share that might be a little different than what Devontae gets with A.J. Brown on the other side. And Christian Watson don't do nothing but score touchdowns. Once again, he was fourth amongst receivers in total touchdowns last year. I like him. Yeah, man, I can understand liking him. I just feel like that that price point is a little too high for me at this point. Uh, I just feel like we're trying to talk value here at the end of the day. I feel like the fourth and even if you're trying to talk the third or even the end of the second, taking him in front of Devontae Smith, I feel like that's just a lot. That is bold. It's a lot, bro. That's all I'm saying. But, I mean, hey, power to you if you're going to go do it. I mean, just leave the other guys who are going to score more, you know. That's yeah. all I ask for. I, I can see. I think Devontae ends like 18, 19-ish. What about dubs? How do you think Romeo does this year? Um, You think you got a top 30 in him? I don't. He's the one player I honestly just don't know. I think he got a top 40. I just don't know if he's going to get you a top 30. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be a pretty good two. Uh, but he, I I feel like the guy that I'm most excited, though, I don't know, other than Aaron Jones, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about Luke Musgrave. I like Luke Musgrave a lot because he is explosive and he does have that potential. He was the fastest person on the field. Is it me or does this Packer offense kind of look like the Niners a little bit? I don't know. Like, not really. I feel like their wide receivers are a lot more athletic than ours other than Christian Watson. Tell me if I'm crazy with these comparisons. Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon, Debo, Christian Watson, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, George Kittle. Uh, A lot of those are pretty crazy. You think that Romeo Dubs and Brandon Ayuk are similar? I didn't say Dubs. I said Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed and Ayuk I don't think are pretty similar. I don't think so. I think they're both great route runners, a little like lanky and free. Let's, let's see what Jay and Reed does on an actual NFL field before we start comparing him to Brandon Ayuk, who's oh. been like a top 15 Wait, wide what's, receiver. What's your opinion on Jaden Reed? He might be one of those guys that you try to take like a, light, a late stab on, but at the end of the day, if I'm going to keep it a buck with you, I feel like I'd rather take a stab at someone like uh, you'd like this, Nicole Hartman. Oh, that is my boy, Nicole. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I just feel like I just got uh, Miko in the 17th in our mock draft. And realistically, I feel like Miko's going to get me more production than a Jaden Reed this year. Mm-hmm. I can respect that. 
Uh, Jaden Reed obviously is a Packer rookie receiver who outside of Watson last year typically take a little bit of time to implement themselves, I guess. I like Jaden Reed a lot for Dynasty. Uh, immediate value. I think he's somebody that you can pick up early, you know, off of uh, waivers, off the free agency, and he could maybe have an effect for your team towards the end of the season. Um, just as, you know, time goes on, injuries happen and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I like Jordan Love as a top 20 fantasy uh, quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Top 20 ain't asking for a whole lot. It's not doing a whole lot. I think he probably caps out at a couple touchdowns and 230 yards, you know, per game type of type of year. But, you know, if you're drafting a Ryan Tannehill, if you're interested in guys like uh, like a Ryan Tannehill or like a Kenny Pickett, then, you know, Jordan Love is right up your alley. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. And then uh, the last thing we're going to talk about today is the Detroit Lions. Wow. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, running back, just drafted. Is he Alvin Kamara 2.0? Uh, definitely looking like it, man. I mean, it seems like the Lions know what they have with him. Uh, in all the interviews that I've heard, it sounds like they want to utilize this guy in more than just the run game. Uh, seems like, I mean, if anything, it's probably going to be like DeAndre Swift 2.0. I don't know. Like it's pretty much, it's the same scheme and everything, but I just feel like he's a little bit more explosive. We'll see how it goes as far as like tackle breaking and stuff like that. But like at the end of the day, dude, this guy is going to be special. He's going to be going out there and grabbing a lot of passes, I feel like. And at the end of the day, he's going to be getting you a lot of value. Do you know where he's currently getting drafted at right now, Joe? Yeah, he's the 36th player off the board in a redraft league. So people are taking Jameer Gibbs uh, in the third round this year uh, in redraft in, in redraft league. You safe with that or are you, you letting him slide a little I bit? I wish he would fall to the fourth. Uh, maybe the beginning of the fourth, I think, would be a little bit better of a value. I think it's tough to project any rookie running back, but one thing that history has shown us is that rookie running backs who are drafted with elite, you know, draft capital, they get to run right out the gates. Like the team ain't wasting time. They're maximizing that contract value. And Jameer Gibbs is somebody do go, I think is going to go out there and probably catch 50 passes this year minimum. Yeah. I I definitely think that that's a number that can be achieved pretty easily. I mean, this guy's going to be doing a lot. I feel like uh, obviously Detroit Lions offense last year definitely didn't need a bunch more help, but in the ways that they could have used more help as far as like just having someone who's a little bit more explosive and do other things rather than just run downfield. Um, I feel like they definitely got to steal with this guy. I feel like he's going to be great. I really do. But like, how do you feel about like David Montgomery spelling him? Do you think that he's going to be like vulturing touchdowns and stuff or? Yeah, it's going to be his job. Uh, his entire value is going to be what Jamal Williams did last year. They, Rip. I think they took him to be a, a replica of Jamal Williams. He may not have a nose for the end zone like Jamal did because uh, Jamal is special at getting into the end zone. But David Montgomery might be a goal line guy who gets some early down work. If they're up with the lead, he might dominate that fourth quarter over Jameer Gibbs, who, you know, a little bit smaller. They might want to rest him a bit. Uh, so I think David Montgomery has like that nasty, like grimy just let me uh let me throw a couple people at you just to feel where your value is with this guy right now okay so would you rather have david montgomery or javante williams coming off the acl javante williams okay okay so Javante's currently going before him what about rashad white out of the buck or from the buccaneers rashad white rashad white okay so he's currently going before david montgomery both, both of those fair. guys are way better pass catchers i think rashad had 50 receptions last year but Javante Williams was also a guy like this 
you know, like the first couple of weeks right. he was healthy, he was getting a lot of work in terms of receptions. Okay, last guy I want you to compare values with, James Cook or David Montgomery? Uh, This one's a lot closer. I would probably go with David Montgomery because I think David Montgomery scores more total touchdowns. You know, that, that one's pretty close for me as well. I'd probably say James Cook, Joe's, James Cook, just because of the receiving upside. And, I mean, just recent reports are saying that James Cook is far away the RB1 on that team. Yeah. So I just feel like value or I just feel like value might be in consideration with that as well. But, I mean, when you're talking touchdowns and stuff, I mean, like, that's what gets you the most points. So mm-hmm. if you can find someone that can almost replicate what Williams did for the uh, Lions last year, I mean, getting this guy in the sixth round, that's going to be a hell of value. I mean, I just feel like that's going to be one of the best things that you could do for your team just to throw that guy in the flex. Jamal Williams last year had 17 touchdowns as the spell back for the Detroit Lions. 17 touchdowns. If David Montgomery goes in there and does half of that, he goes out there and he gets nine touchdowns next year. He's potentially going to finish as a top 24 back. Last year, Jamal finished as RB7 in standard leagues, RB13 in PPR. If Montgomery goes out there and does double-digit touchdowns, I mean, with 600, 700 yards maybe. Yeah, I'm just I'm just concerned about at the end of the day, like what is he gonna get? Because, so I don't know if you guys are ever, you know, if you're listening to this. Hopefully, you guys are also listening to the season with Peter Schrager. He had the GM from the Lions on there, and he talked about David Montgomery for a bit and how he thought that the reason why they didn't pick up Jamal Williams is because they had David Montgomery a little bit higher. So all in all, like how does that, uh, you know, bite into Jameer Gibbs's value? And at the end of the day, like, does that mean that they have plans for David Montgomery to get 18 touchdowns? Like, I feel like that might be a little bit of a force. The reason I think Montgomery is underrated is because I do see Jameer Gibbs being one of those running backs that gets split out wide as a receiver often. That's fair. Kind of like Kamara in New Orleans, you know, they run like a spread offense. And I could see Jameer Gibbs being utilized as a receiver. Mm -hmm. So with him out and shotgun packages playing as a receiver, you can still have a David Montgomery in the backfield if you have to audible to a run because the defense is playing fucking, you know, three linemen and goddamn five, six linebackers out in coverage. Right. So go get you an easy five, six, seven yards with the running back inside zone right up the middle um, and just go, you know, take advantage of the fact that you got five versus three at the line of scrimmage. So that's one of those things. Got to look at it. Amon Ross say Brown was somebody I was extremely wrong about last year. Do go extreme. Um, I said he was going to be like wide receiver 25. Motherfucker ended as wide receiver seven. Well, um, I don't think anyone expected Jared Goff to have the season that he did either, dude. Jared Goff looked really good last year. He did. But let's go back to Amon Ra for a second. What were you wrong about? Are you looking out for him again this year? What's going on? Last year, I had him in like the wide receiver 20 something range. I said that you shouldn't be drafting him as early as you were getting him. And I said that he was somebody that you could fade. And I was wrong about that. And I uh, apologize to y'all who, you know, may have listened. But looking at it this year, I think he's going off the board as like wide receiver nine or wide receiver 10. I hate to say it again, but I do think it's a little it's a little early. Dog, I just feel like so I'm just looking at our mock draft from earlier. He's sandwiched between C.D. Lamb and Devontae Adams. Like that's a little much. I like like okay so last year he was pretty damn good he got 267 points if you play in PPR leagues mm-hmm. which is amazing that's uh that's that's incredible the thing that kind of turned me off from him was that he really only had five great weeks he had five weeks in which he finished ahead of wide receiver 15 
So he finished with the wide receiver 14, a wide receiver 3, a wide receiver 10, wide receiver 3, wide receiver 2 week. Yep. But out of the 17 games he played, he spent 12 of them ranked no higher than wide receiver 21. Rip. Which made him a really high-end wide receiver 3 12 out of 17 weeks. Low-end wide receiver 2, Yikes. maybe. Yeah, he's that's not, not being, great. He's not being drafted as a wide receiver 1. And wide receiver 1 in terms of he needs to be wide receiver 1 every week. Uh, being taken off the board as the you know ninth or tenth receiver, I don't think he can live up to that hype. Now those big weeks are going to be big weeks, right? He might go out there and get you two touchdowns and 150 yards, and you know he's going to help you get a win that week. But he's someone who has kind of struggled with that consistency factor, and I just don't trust that with my um, first two picks. That could also just be like a game plan thing as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the yeah, it seems like he he scores pretty inconsistently, which I mean. If you look at like Ben Johnson, maybe, you know, just trying to not be predictable, that could be the thing that's happening there. But I mean, I feel like he's going to be good, but I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think that might be a little too high as far as value for Amon Ross A. Brown. I think in the beginning of the season, he's going to show out because there's no Jamison Williams. And this year, I think his running mates are Marvin Jones, who had a cool year last year, but he's another year older. Mm-hmm. And Josh Reynolds, a guy who was formerly on the Rams at one point. Yeah, and they also drafted Sam Laporta tied down out of Iowa as well. I love Laporta. I think he has potential, but we know that perennially, like, rookie tight ends take some time to get comfortable. And I think Amon Ross is going to be a target hog the first two months of the season. But if they get a Jamison Williams back healthy, if they sign someone in, uh, like, free agency or some shit like that, when Jameer Gibbs eventually steps into the slot as like a viable receiver most games, I think his targets are going to start to drop as the season progresses. And it's another year in which I think Amon Ra has an amazing start to the season, but he just feels like one of those guys that just kind of fades off as the season goes on. Um, yeah, no, I I feel like I agree with you on that, man. Um, you know, let's finish it off, though, with the guy who surprised me the most last year. Talked about him for a little bit. Jared Goff. This guy finished last year as a top 10 quarterback after a year before being, I think, a top 21. You know, so not obviously not great. Like, kind of like where we're thinking Jordan Love might be this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big step to go into the top 10 quarterback ring. Like, that's crazy. Do you think that that happens again this year, or do you think he takes a step back? I think his numbers might slightly regress, but I think he takes a step forward in terms of just establishing himself as the leader and the face of that program last year he was pretty good i think he was underrated he was sixth in terms of passing yards amongst you know nfl uh, quarterbacks and he was somebody who tossed the ball early and often yep going into this year now that he's kind of garnered that trust the lions even though they didn't make the playoffs they had a pretty damn good year and people now trust Jared Goff and he has that established like leadership within that team now man I think the Lions are they should make the playoffs this season and I think that Jared Goff would be a large reason why I like him a little bit later than I'm getting uh Kirk Cousins I have him like in that Kirk Cousins realm in terms of where I would draft him he's typically going like a full round later if not a little bit more yeah like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff are one of the same in which they're both gonna probably toss the ball a decent amount Mm mm-hmm and while I like Jerry Goff, if you can get him after Kirk Cousins and you can spend that draft pick getting a Tank Bigsby or somebody who can be like a viable elite handcuff, I would probably spend that eighth or ninth 
round draft capital on that elite handcuff. And I'm, if he's available, I'm probably snagging a guy like Jared Goff okay. or a guy like Derek Carr, uh, you know, in the 10th or 11th round. So just pure value standpoint, like let's just say like you're drafting right now, you're coming up to the ninth round, right? You don't have a quarterback yet. You have three quarterbacks on the board, those being Jared Goff, Geno Smith, and let's say Aaron Rodgers. Which one are you taking and why? That's pretty tough. Let's say you don't have any sort of like handcuffs, so you like you don't have like a Garrett Wilson or uh Al Mazard for Rogers, you don't have a Metcalf or JSN for uh Gino, you don't have Amar Ra for Detroit. Who do you take just based off of their pure numbers coming into this year? Uh Gino. Okay, I like that. Why though? I like Gino because when you compare Gino with Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, Jared Goff loses a guy in DJ Chark and TJ Hawkinson. So he now has to make up that production with what he has left on the Lions. I look at Aaron Rodgers and he basically has a similar receiving core that he had last year, but you're adding Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. So I think if Rodgers finished last year, which he finished as QB 13, I think a Garrett Wilson can boost him to maybe QB eight. Okay. That's a good number. That's a good number. Like QB eight ish. But the thing with Geno Smith is that he finished his QB five and they added a Jackson Smith and Jigbo. That's true. But they also added two rookie running backs to run into the ground as well. So even if Jackson Smith and Jigba and let's say Zach Charbonnet equalize each other out in terms of production, he still finished last year's QB five with, I think, 599 completions, damn near 600. Okay. Okay. I think... If his floor is what he did last year, maybe he regresses two to three spots because, you know, whatever the field is better this year or whatever you might want to attribute it to. Mm -hmm. Man, in a best case scenario, JSN is going to help his passing numbers and he's going to maintain QB five or even improve. He's also a guy who is low key kind of a rusher. I think he had almost 400 rushing yards last year. Okay. Okay. Give me those. Give me those yards. He's mobile, bro. Like he, he doesn't just sit in the pocket. He had 366 rushing yards last year, averaged around five yards a carry. And you know, he's not scared to be mobile. He knows what he is and he knows he has to go out there and kind of earn it. So he's not like a sit in the pocket, like born as quarterback, right? Like he, he can do what he needs to do to get the, to make the play work. And you add a JSN in the slot, who's now replacing a Dwayne Eskridge. But you go from Dwayne Eskridge to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's just such a large increase that the receivers might hurt because they all might see their targets dwindle. Uh, But as far as a quarterback, you have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, JSN, and then Noah Fant to throw to. With Kenny McIntosh, who's a good pass catching back, and Zach Charbonnet, who has better hands than Kenneth Walker. I agree with that. Yeah, he's my he's my guy, and that's my reasoning for it. I think the one guy who could beat him is uh, Jared Goff, assuming Jamison Williams comes in, and he's like ultra effective the way he's being hyped to be. That's fair. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I'd probably say that Jared Goff in a rushing situation probably has a little bit more giddy-up than Rodgers, probably a little, a little bit. bit more, you know, yeah, I'd get agree. out of the pocket if needed. Yeah. Um. Nonetheless, so, I mean, I feel like all three of those quarterbacks could probably get you about where you want to go. I feel like they're all going to be valued – a little bit less than what they're going to end out being this year. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that Gino could have another top 10 year along with those other two folks as well. You got anything else on these lines? Or are you ready to stomp the yard? I'm ready to stomp the yard, man. I'm good. Um, you know, my name's John. Hey, it's Dugo. Appreciate y'all tapping in again with those head pops. All right. I'll catch you later, baby. Peace.